Father, we do thank you for that freedom today. Father, we thank you for the freedom that we can come in here and worship you. Father, we thank you for the freedom that, that set us free on the cross. That, Father, we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that we are free. And, Father, all those burdens are gone. They're no longer with us, Lord. And, Father, when we have health issues, Lord, we lift Emmett to you today. Father, we've been praying about him, but Father, on that cross, you not only saved us, Father, you healed us. By your stripes, we are healed. And Father, we thank you for the healing that's taking place in Emmett's body now. Father, all the, the, the different requests around the room today that need a touch of healing, we thank you, Lord, that you provide and you give us freedom from sickness, freedom from disease. Father, we thank you for the freedom from death. Father, as we celebrated with the Bartlett's, uh, Joe going home with you, Lord, uh, we thank you for eternal life, Lord. But Father, we also thank you for the peace and the freedom from missing him and hurting and all that, Lord. We thank you for the peace in Jesus' name. But Father, you're awesome and we thank you today. We praise you today and we honor you today, Lord for all that you've done for us. You are God and there's no other before us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may be seated in the house. Hey, Jim, can you get me a stand? I, I think that one back there worked behind Julie. But uh, I noticed in here, do we have him in here, Cohen? Is he back in here yet? Well, there he is. He's walking in the door looking about a grand entrance. <laughs> Look at that. Cohen's here for the first time with Mother Bailey. Potash, praise the Lord. You know, Austin, I was just thinking about it. The miracle of God providing you a wife. The freedom it's brought you, brother. Yeah, yeah. So we think about freedom in lots of ways today. Uh, uh, lots of ways God has brought us freedom. But I wanted to welcome Cohen. And I forget the, Latin, the middle name. Gene. Yeah, Cohen, Gene. Potash, and we thank you that you guys have joined us here today. Uh, it's an awesome day in the Lord. We've got a lot to, to go on about today. But uh, I wanted to kind of start out, and you've probably heard it through the prayer and, and different things I've said today, but to me, there's two types of freedom that are floating around out there. And to me, there's a worldly freedom, and it's slide one, but a worldly freedom is being able to do what you want without restraint. In other words, I can do whatever the heck I want to do, and I don't have to worry about the law or anything else. I'm just going to do what I want to do. And I think that's a freedom that we've, uh, not me, I hope, and not you, I hope, but I think some of Americans have picked up that freedom, that, that I'll just do whatever I want to do, and it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. When a Christian view of freedom... Uh, is, again, true freedom is not a matter of doing what you want without restraint, but cultivating the right wants and living in obedience to God's will. In other words, freedom results when our wants align with God's wants. And, and that's what I saw at these altars today, that, that we may think we're free, but we're really not free until we receive Jesus, and, and then that burden's lifted and we're free. 
And we go to these altars when the doctors and whoever can't heal or do whatever, and we've done all we know to do, and we go to God, and, and he brings this healing, again, a freedom that only he can bring when we come into line with him. And so we need to remember that today, that, that true freedom comes from cultivating the right wants and living in obedience to God's word. And again, 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so we see that confirmed in God's word today. So today I was praying about, you know, what... Um, what do I want to speak on? And Lord, where do you want us to go today? And, and what do you want us to say, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Because I don't want to get up here and talk because I can't do it myself. I want to get up here and speak what the Lord wants to speak. And he said, Galatians 5. And or the Holy Spirit put that on my heart. And so from Galatians 5, we're just going to read the whole chapter today. And as we go through there, I'm going to stop and make some points. But I believe Paul shares uh, four points about freedom in this passage of Scripture. The first point is uh, how to receive freedom, liberty in Jesus, and that's verses 1 through 12. Then the second is how to live out freedom in our lives, Galatians uh, 5, 13 through 18. And then he goes in and throws some things to avoid that, that will bind us up and, and bring bondage to us in Galatians 5, 19 through 21. And he tells us things at the end to embrace that will make us better, if you will, make life easier in Galatians 5, through 26. So again, uh, that's the points today. Uh, they should be on the church app if you want to follow along. But we're just going to jump in. And again, point one, how to receive freedom in Jesus. And again, from the scripture in Galatians 1, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the, law, the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. And what I want us to get out of that, and I might get into later, is, is that the church in Galatia, they had stepped out in their faith and were moving out in God, but people began to come back in and speak things to them that was taking them back to the old way uh, of doing things. And, and we have that happen. I think every believer is challenged at one point in time in their life that, that when you accept Jesus, the old enemy comes in and he tries to get you back into your old ways. And that's kind of what he's talking about here, but in a, a whole different area I don't want to get off into today. Verse 5, For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view, and the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettled you would emasculate themselves. For you were called to freedom, brothers. 
Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And so again, the first point today is receiving Jesus as Lord of your life is the first thing that, that we see in this, this, this first point that Paul was talking about, how to receive freedom. We receive Christ. Jesus is our Lord. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Guy, I tell you what, I don't care what you're, where you're at in your life. If Jesus is not the Lord of your life, you will never experience true freedom. I can remember as I was running from the Lord younger and then at different times of my life that when I finally gave my life back to Jesus at a big revival and I was driving home and the weight, the burden that was lifted off of me, I wrote in my notes, the heaviness is gone. True freedom is walking and receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and then staying into that. Freedom is putting God's will over our will. 2 Corinthians six seventeen says, Therefore go out from among their midst and be your separate from them, says the Lord. And touch no unclean thing, then I will welcome you. And, and as I was thinking about that, it, it seems like as I would walk in my walk, if, if I would lean back to the old ways, I'd feel that bondage kind of pick back up again. And then if I would, would not stay centered in Jesus, I would feel this heaviness trying to come back in. And again, it's our choice whether we let it in because Jesus has given us permanent freedom. But freedom is putting God's will above ours. And what really ministered to me on the, the slide that, that, that I have coming up of a picture of a, I got it on back here, I guess it's up here, but yes, uh, me and Karen go over here every once in a while for Memorial Day. That's where her father is buried and they honor the veterans her father served in the Korean War. But, but something that I picked up on last year that I paid attention for this year was that they have at least 20 Silver, Four, Silver War uh, graves in that, in that graveyard, at least 20. And what I thought I was picking up last year is families that had served in the Civil War, World War I, World War II. I know of at least three families that had somebody in their family in that cemetery that had served in three different wars and, and maybe even four. And that's what I was listening for today, but I kept hearing the same name. And I thought, that is what given our will is to the Lord that, that when we give ourselves totally over to Jesus, our kids will be just like us. Then that effect on their, our kids will affect their kids to the third and fourth generation. And that's even biblical in Deuteronomy that, that God was prophesying through the Moses in the Bible there in Deuteronomy that, 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 hey, I will bless you to the fourth generation, those that center in on Jesus Christ. And I was thinking today, how many generations of believers are here in Oakton today? I look at Joel Berry back there. I think you got at least four, if not five generations of family members here in the church today. I look at Walter and some of you around here that, that how we have given our will over to God and, and it's changed our families for him. The second thing I see in here from these verses is accept the fact that freedom is a result of righteousness. We don't have to earn things anymore. We just need to stay close to Jesus. 
You know, we think that, I used to think if I didn't pray for every seat in this room, the sermon was going to be horrible on Sunday. That we had to do all these works to, to stay close to Jesus when, guys, if you're like me, ask my wife, I make mistakes daily and I walk in righteousness. But there will be a day that I'll be perfect for all eternity. I believe I'm made perfect now, but I got to walk in it. <laughs> I knew I'd get some laughs over here with that. But that's true. I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I've been made righteous in Jesus Christ. And we got to get to that point. The third thing is realize Satan is a liar and do not return to him or his ways. We see in the scripture who hindered you from obeying the truth. Who, who stepped in on you and pulled you away? Who did you entertain? Who did you listen to? And guys, uh, I was reading an article by D.L. Moody, and he illustrated this point. And again, he had, he had taken an interview from a lady, a slave lady, after the Civil War, and all men was declared free. And this is a quote. But the reason I wanted to share this today is I think we do this a lot of times. But hear this. And this is a former slave lady. Now, I, now is I free or been I not? When I go to my old master, he says, I ain't free. When I go to my own people, they say, I is. And I don't know whether I'm free or not. Some people told me that, that Abraham Lincoln signed a proclamation, but Master says he didn't. He didn't have the right to do so. And I don't make light of that article. That article is so powerful because that's the, what we go through as believers sometimes. That, that, did God really save me? Did God really set me free? Did, did, did God really do these things? And guys, we need to not listen to the lies of the enemy that once we choose Christ, we are made righteous and we walk in that righteousness. We don't allow the enemy to pull us away. Number four, have confidence in the Lord. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view. In other words, we have confidence, we trust, we believe, we feel, we, we just want Jesus. And that's our confidence. And that's where our confidence has to be. So confidence is faith in action too. And Hebrews talks about that. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is evidence of things we cannot see. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. When I'm saying the word of God, I mean the Bible and by the revelation that he speaks to us. Because as we're going through things, you're seeking the Lord up here at these altars today and in your seat, he is speaking words to you by his Holy Spirit. And we need to stand in faith about maybe some things we can't see and have confidence in who we are. And I'm going to share Oakton as an example of that because that's one of the reasons we're celebrating today is that Oakton uh, has made the choice to uh, separate from the United Methodist Church because of some scriptural problems. We didn't agree with some things that they were saying the scripture interpreted a different way. And, and so we have been working to separate for two years now away from the United Methodist Church. 
It's been tough. It's hard to be confident at times. It's hard to, to have faith at times when you see these, these mountains before you. You know, I got to thinking that, that I've been, I grew up in this church. You know, I've got friends in the United Methodist Church. I've got close friends in the United Methodist Church that aren't leaving. And that's probably the hardest part is, is it comes at a price when, when we want to stand true to what we believe God's word is. And maybe our friends and our family don't want to. You know, we got to have confidence in who we are in Christ. Confidence in his word. And, and that's the one that's probably hurt me the most because, man, I, I started a new job, if you will. I had to resign from the United Methodist Church. I'm starting over. So I have to have confidence in who I am in Jesus Christ. And I have to have confidence in the words that he's called me to do what he's called me to do. But as we looked at the church, we had to be confident in our faith when in January of 2020, when God put it on our heart to start looking at these things, to start looking at a new affiliation, to, to, to pay off the building and then we need to raise the money for the buyout. And again, we've heard these numbers before, but, but before the negotiations for the buyout, just to leave the United Methodist Church, in January 5th, 2020, it was almost 486000 just to, to leave the buyout from the United Methodist Church. And then the building debt was 471000 almost 472000 so we're approaching 958000 just shy of a million dollars. And the Lord says, have confidence in me and move out in me. I didn't get this same support that day when I brought it up two years ago. Shy of a million dollars, but through negotiations and through God being God and, and, and through us being confident in who God is, we are debt-free today. Praise the Lord. I didn't realize how much of a burden that I was carrying as a pastor with this debt until it was gone. And I'm like, freedom. Freedom. And so today I want to invite Joe Meadows up here. And Jim, if you can be Vanna and come up here and bring this over. And, and uh, Jim's my Vanna White. That's what you do with your associate pastors. Isn't he beautiful? Yeah, yeah he's free, man. <laughs> but I want to invite up Chad Lillian Camp. Uh, Joe Meadows is our board chair and Chad Lillian Camp is our trustee chair. But also, Larry Compton, come up here, and um, Doug McKibben, Amanda Robertson, Bill Talbot, Mike Diggs. Did I see Charlotte in here? Yes. I thought I did. Charlotte Russell in here? And I'm looking. Uh, come on up here to the stage. These guys were the original building team that, that put together um, all the building that we did. If you want to line up behind them guys, uh, we got a... Uh, Spencer running around taking pictures, and I want to get good pictures today. Yeah, Jim, turn the fans off because I don't want any fire coming back out. Uh, I freaked Jordan's <laughs> Ricky out over there as I had Jordan bring in the fire extinguisher because I know how Joe is. And so, anyway, we're going to burn these notes today. And um, anyway, uh, uh, this is the... Which one do you guys want to burn first? Huh? 
mortgage. Okay, let's do that one. I'll let you do the buyout. And anyway, Larry, you want to light it and, and put it in there. And, and notice I'm letting them do all this stuff. Because if it goes haywire, I can say, they did it. That's my freedom today. Huh? You may see me jump over the altar again. <laughs> I think, how many want to see Larry jump over the altar again? Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, so let's burn this thing. Mission impossible. Yeah. yeah. It is possible. Mission possible. Yeah. yeah. Charlotte brought up a, a thing I'd forgotten, but we called it Mission Possible. And for the first uh, note we were paying off. And as it burns there, we'll just enjoy it a minute. And then the buyout. Uh, this is Chad Lillian Camp. And Chad, if you want to come up here and was, was, who wants to light that one? Anybody? <laughs> Hell's hot, guys. You don't want to go there, okay? Let's put that in there. <laughs> there it goes, it goes. Debt free. Debt free. Give the Lord praise. Give the Lord praise. Yeah, give the Lord praise. I want to get in here and let's get a picture. And uh, you got a Spence. Everybody give Spencer a hand. He's working hard for us today. You can go ahead and be seated, guys. Um, I noticed that Jim gave me the original contract on the loan, and it was 715000 You guys know that? So I'll let you take that. That way you're responsible for it, and I'm not, right? Hey, man. Um, I want to take a minute here because... Um, we uh, reaffiliated with the Global Methodist Church and always realized there's like 70 Methodist churches out there, but the Global Methodist Church is a bunch of churches like Oakton that, that have come together. And guys, any event that I've been to has been a move of God. And, and it's been powerful and it's been awesome. And I'm a very big advocate of them right now, especially. And I wanted to show an intro of the Global Methodist Church and kind of their symbol and what they're about. And then Bishop Scott will follow it with him. Uh, he had to be in the Philippines today, but he's welcoming, welcoming in some Missouri churches. So, Norma, you want to share them? Just dim the lights a little bit, please.
Congratulations on joining the Global Methodist Church. I'm Scott Jones, one of the bishops of this new Wesleyan denomination, and I'm the one who will be relating to churches in Missouri. I understand a number of you have just completed the disaffiliation process and are now affiliating with our new denomination. I want you to know that the months that I've been a bishop in this new denomination have been an incredible blessing for me. I've experienced more spiritual power and focused mission than ever before in my ministry. We truly are a denomination seeking to make disciples of Jesus Christ who worship passionately, love extravagantly, and witness boldly. Now is the time to once again recommit ourselves to the cause of Christ. We're going to do that as Wesleyan Christians. That means we're going to be connected in conferences. That means we care about evangelism. We reach out to people who are different from us. We care deeply about offering ourselves, our lives, our talents, our money, whatever we have for the cause of Christ to help God's purposes be fulfilled. I want to say that I'm glad to be doing this with you all. I do love the people of Missouri and want to welcome you. Some people may be watching this or thinking about it who are not yet clear about affiliating with the Global Methodist Church. God has a variety of ways in which you can follow Jesus. But I want to say that affiliating with a denomination is the best way to make your efforts count for the long haul. And I'm excited to be part of the Global Methodist Church. Welcome. Amen. That takes me into the second point in the scripture that I wanted to read in the Galatians. But how to live out our freedom in our lives, and it's, it's what he just talked about. And if you go to Galatians 5.14, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. And as I was looking at this scripture today and, and looking about, you know, where does it go from here? You know, when you accept Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, where does freedom go from there? And the first thing you heard there was loving people. You shall love your neighbors yourself. And, and that's what I love about Oakton is that, that I think we're good about that. But we always need to be working on that and loving others. But, but I wanted to read a letter from the, that I got from the Bartlett's uh, after the funeral this week. But the family of Joe Bartlett would like to thank Oakton Church family for all of your prayers, visits, calls, cards, and food and the wonderful meal you prepared for them. Your kindness will never be forgotten. Thanks also to Pastor Kent, Pastor Jim, Joel, Christina. The personal touch, the personal touch on the service was perfect. The Bartlett family. And, and what this to me is a perfect example of what God's talking about and what Bishop Jones was talking about on loving people. That's what God has called us to do is to stand with each other in difficult times, to, to stand with each other in good times. But together, we are a family. We are friends and we're brothers and sisters. 
The second thing is we love God. We walk by the Spirit, verse 16 says, and we're led by the Spirit, verse 18. And that's why I love the Holy Spirit and God so much that, that John 14, 26 talks about the, the helper, the Holy Spirit. He will remind you of all things and teach you of all things. And so as we step out in loving God and people, the Holy Spirit was given to us to help us in that so that we could bless a family going through a difficult time. So that we can minister to the needs of others that, that when they're going through times. But I want to challenge us today that, that we need to press into this telling others and loving people and God by sharing that, that salvation, sharing what we have with the world. We need to be led by the Spirit to pay attention to every place we're at, everywhere we go, that we have an opportunity to minister to Christ or Christ to people. We need to be confident in who we are in Christ and, and approach that throne with great boldness, as Hebrews 4.12 talks about, to lift up others and to, to pray that others would come to the Christ, that the others could receive the freedom that we have. Oakton's uh, uh, mission statement is based off Mark 16.15 when it says, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to whole creation. That's our, 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 our mission statement. And if you guys go read that, it'll talk about five things God will empower us to do. But what really neat about the scripture, if you go look at the end, and God backed up what he said. And so as we move out in love and we move out in, in loving God and people, we do that by loving people. We come into contact people, as Bishop said, that maybe aren't like us. You know, people that, that are different from us and that we're able to love them and minister to them. And, and I want to be uh, careful here because I don't want to chase this rabbit today, but we will not become legalistic. We will not become the point where we think we're better than everybody else. And if you're not like us, you're not coming to our church. We want people that aren't saved in our church more than anything so that we can share the message of Jesus Christ. The challenge I have to you, though, is that you lead them to Christ and then bring them to church on Sunday morning because we all have that opportunity. But the vision of Oakton, and I can remember in 1968 when I read an old article that, that the district, uh, the UMC, was trying to close Oakton. And a few of the elders in the church refused it because they believed that Oakton would be a lighthouse into the world. 1968, they're trying to close the door, but a few people had a vision. And the vision that we still have for Oakton today is based off of Isaiah 61. And again, I read from the Amplified, that's where we put it in as, but arise from your spiritual depression to new life. We've done that. We're doing that. We're going to shine, be radiant with the glory and the brilliance of the Lord for your light has come, and the glory of the brilliance of the Lord has risen upon you. For in fact, darkness will cover the earth, and the deep darkness will cover the people. But the Lord will rise up in you. And that's what I want us to get a hold of today, that we can be confident that no matter how dark it gets out there, that, that we can be a shining light, a lighthouse to people on a daily basis. We can share them the message of Jesus Christ. And the scripture goes on to say, Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your shining. Your light will draw. Remember last week when I was saying, let your light shine, I was talking to you about my bicycle. When I turn my light on, I get a lot of bugs in my teeth and I'm riding down the highway because light draws. People are going to be drawn to your light. Right. 
And as John Wesley said, you have nothing better to do than to save a soul. I shared that last week and it really stumped a lot of people and made them think, but, but you have nothing better to do than save a soul. He goes on to say, as many souls as you can, to bring as many sinners as you possibly can to repentance. As I was sitting at the Bartlett's uh, funeral the other day, or, or Joe's funeral the other day, and, and I got done with my part and I went and sat down, the Lord started ministering to me. And to be honest with you, the anointing was so strong in there that I literally was weeping in the back when I sat down and tears were running faster than I could keep up with. And it wasn't a, a sob or, or, or a miserable weep. It was a, a joyful thing. As the presence of the Lord was there, and it's hard to explain a peace was there. But, but what I caught on as I started listening to Jim and what he was talking about, I got to thinking about it. I've not preached a funeral, and I've done a bunch. Dad, you've done a bunch of funerals. But all they talk about at funerals is how you gave of yourself to people and God. Think about it. I don't hear how rich a person was. In the, I don't hear how big their farm was. I don't hear that they, they created Google. I hear how they affected people's lives in that room. How they were love to people. And it really sunk into me that in the end, all that matters is how we love God and love each other. It doesn't matter how rich you are. And so when we go back to John Wesley, we have nothing better to do but win souls. Love on people. Give all you have to them. As, as I know a person that's been giving a lot to the Lord lately, and they began to weep to me, and they said, Kent, the more I give to God, the more he gives back, I can't get rid of it. Maybe you ought to think about that. You can't get rid of it if you do it in God's way. He's going to keep blessing you. But God has called us to tell others about Jesus Christ. Point three, let's go continue on with the scripture. I believe Paul goes in to tell us things to avoid. And, and, and again, so many times we think the Bible just says, these are things you don't do, and if you do them, you're going to hell. Uh, you ever think maybe that the Lord gave this to Paul to, to guard us and guide us? That as I look at these things, they never made me feel better. They may have for a season, but eventually they were a burden. So things to destroy, that destroy freedom, I believe, that we can open a door for. And, and, and maybe if you're not saved today, you're walking in these things. But, but now the works of the flesh are evident. So this is our flesh. This is not the spirit. These things are not of God. It's the flesh. Sexual immorality, and, and sexual immorality is any sexual sin outside of, marriage between, outside of a marriage between a man and a woman. So it covers lots of things there. Lots of things you're seeing on TV today, it covers right there. It may make you happy for a season because you're getting attention and getting in the limelight, but when the dust settles and the, the night comes, people are not going to be happy in their state a lot of times. Impurity, sensuality. Verse 20, adultery, sorcery, enemy, strife, jealousy, fits of anger. Man, that's, that's one that runs in our families, fits of anger. You want, I, I used to be able to get pretty fired up to the point I'd foam at the mouth. 
even as a believer, and that's something God challenged me with, deal with your anger problem. Deal with these things because it isn't helping you. Rivalries, dissensions, divisions. Don't you hate it when there's divisions? You know, the, statistically, they say that most people don't like confrontation. That's why that they put divisions. Don't allow divisions in your life because you don't like it. It's not going to bring you peace. Verse 21, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before, and those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So I believe Paul was warning those, us, not to go back to the old way of living. Because these things will, first off, they'll kill your witness. I think a lot of people don't have a strong witness because the world can't see the difference between them and themselves. Holiness is sustaining from these things. And, and because why? Not because you have to, but because you're in love with God and you want to. Uh, I was in love with my wife and God's why I dealt with the anger. I'm in love with you guys and, and, and care about God here at the church. And so I don't like divisions and dissensions in the body. And so we deal with them. Again, to move on towards perfection in Jesus. And then he moves into point four, the freedoms to, of things to embrace. And these things will enhance our freedom. But guys, it, the Lord told me this a long time ago. But the fruit of the Spirit that we're getting ready to mention here, they already reside in you as a believer. They're there. Let's pull them up. Let's enhance them. You can't say, I hear it all the time, well, I don't have uh, love. Yeah, you do. You just don't want to operate in it. Uh, I don't have, or I don't like this uh, uh, joy thing. How many of us don't want to have joy? I mean, most of you are praying for joy, and most people do things to seek joy. They buy a car, they get married, or they do this or that, and they find out they're still not happy because they aren't living for Jesus like they should. But joy is in us because Christ is in us. Peace. So I, I can't ever have peace. Well, it's in you if you're a believer. Quit saying you don't have it and say, I do have it and I'm going to walk in it. Patience. I love this. But I don't have the patience to be a mother or father. I don't have the patience to be a pastor. I've said that before. Yeah, you do. It's inside of you. You just got to bring it up. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Kindness. Oh, it's so easy to want to be mean sometimes, isn't it? It's so easy to want to strike out and teach them a lesson instead of operating in kindness and love. Well, it's in you. We just got to bring it up. Faithfulness. You say, I'm not very faithful. Well, God has given us all a measure of faith to accomplish what we were called to do. And then gentleness, self-control. I have no self-control. Yeah, you do if you're a believer. Let's just bring it up. Let's just bring it out. Against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. It's time for us to focus on being faithful, fruitful for Christ. 
Keeping in step with the Spirit is being fruitful and bringing others to Christ. We cannot become conceited, provoking, as verse 526 says, but we must now give more of our time, our tithe, and our talent more than ever before. I hear a lot of excuses, but at this time I'm going to ask a brother if you come up and lead us in the pledge, because our military is without excuse, and they're an army that fights for God, or for country, and for us. Joe's got a microphone over there. Let's all stand to our feet, and let's look to the flag. Go ahead there, brother. This is Brother Dixon, and uh, anyhow. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. You may be seated today. When I think about that freedom we have as a country, it's because we have been loyal to that freedom. We have fought, we have gave, we have done lots of things, give up lots of things to walk in that freedom. And, and that's a perfect example of uh, Brother Dixon and Joe and, and McAdams here, as I look around the room, I shouldn't have done this, but those that have served, they've given up a lot because they were loyal and loved this country. And that's what I'm asking you to be as a church, not only to be a, a, a lover of this country, but be a lover of God, a lover of God to the point that you're willing to sacrifice your life in exchange for somebody else's, saving them from hell. See John back there that served. Praise the Lord. Thank you, John. But as I also look around the room, I see many people that are serving now. But also, I want to see Christians serving I want to see Christians loving God and, 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 and him and his kingdom to the point of the ultimate sacrifice. I hear it a lot of times, well, pastor, I, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to lead someone to Christ. And, and guys, the scripture in Galatians tells us how. Uh, salvation for freedom, Christ has set you free. Talk about the freedom you have in Jesus Christ. Uh, if you don't know the scriptures, that's okay. Share your testimony. First off, people can't argue with your testimony. A lot of times if I'm leading or talking to somebody about Christ and I start using scriptures and they start arguing with me, I go straight to my testimony anyway because they won't argue with my testimony. They can't. They're calling you a liar if they do that. They'll call God a liar, but they won't call you a liar. And so use your testimony. You know, talk about the freedom that comes in righteousness that the heaviness of the load that was lifted. And, and Brother Ballinger, I don't know how much you're going to share tonight, but when you hear his testimony, you'll know what I'm talking about. And you share whatever God tells you, don't let me lead you. But, but, but he's got a testimony that's out of this word, and I'm sure Josh does. All of us got a testimony. How are we going to share that testimony of how he's made us righteous? We need to tell people that Satan's a liar and that a lot of things they're doing, it's hindering them. As verse 7 talked about, it's hindering you from the truth. And we need to be up front with people, but we got to be smart about it too. Uh, I said some pretty hard things to a person this week that, by the way, I told you guys that I don't have the opportunities to witness like you do. 
Thursday, I think I witnessed to five people, and that was one of the funnest days I had. It was like the Lord said, I'll show you. And, and anyway, it was, uh, had lots of opportunities Thursday. But I got pretty tough with one person. And again, when you're sharing truth led by the Holy Spirit, people will receive it. But if you say it in love, it really works, you know? You got to say it in love. Then you got to have confidence in who you are. If you're not confident in who you are in Christ, then why would anybody want that? And, and so try to, and you say, well, pastor, I can't do that. I had Gary Dunn pray for me because I wasn't confident coming in the pulpit today. I, I, I am not confident sometimes in myself, but I'm confident in Jesus Christ. That's all that matters. You get out and just start talking. And the Holy Spirit will speak through you. And then you simply just lead them in the Lord's Prayer. Well, how do I do that? The Word talks about if you confess with your mouth your sins... You confess Jesus is the Lord, you, that he died and he rose from the grave and forgives the sins. Just quote Romans 10, 9 and 10 to him, pray with him. But a lot of people say, you know, I don't witness. Well, you do. You're witnessing every day by what you do. My granddad Diggs, I, I can remember him praying five times probably in my life, but I knew he was rock solid Christian. Anytime that I got out of check, and I can remember times I was, I'd gotten into a bad fight and, and it was a bad deal. And mom and dad were upset with me. And I went and had out to, head out to my granddad's to get away and to hide. And he said, boy, just out of the blue, boy, did you put that guy in the hospital? Well, no, I don't think so, granddad. Because you need to go up, shake his hand and tell him you're sorry. And that's all he said. And that's what I did. People will know by your actions and they will follow a righteous person. They'll be drawn to you like a magnet. But by our witness, people will know you. By your witness, they'll know if you serve Christ. They'll know by your witness if you serve God. And to be honest with you, a lot of times people are confused. That's why I, don't, I go to the bar and, and bring people to Christ, but I don't go to the bar and drink it up with them. God delivered me of alcohol. Why would I go do that again? I go to places that you may not go to to minister, but I don't participate in a lot of times in what they're doing. Your witness is a big deal. And how you treat others is a big deal. How you treat your wife's a witness. I tell you, you treat your wife like a dog. Nobody's going to want to have what you have, especially a woman. If you don't treat your wife with respect or your husband with respect. But I just want us to challenge Oakton. This is where I'm going to close up today. I just want to challenge Oakton. You guys are awesome people. But I want to challenge you to make the same sacrifices for God that you would for this country that you would for your family, that you would for your job. I want God to be the number one sacrifice, God number one in our lives. That's the challenge to you this year. And I already challenged you last week, I want to baptize somebody every week that you led to Christ during the week. 
put a new flagpole up. Um, the one camp put the flagpole up, and we put a flag up, and I went out and got a Christian flag, and, and, and I put it up and above the, the American flag. I got a lot of calls in like three hours. We know flag rules better than we know God's word. I'm just asking you to know God's words like you do flag rules, regulations. I'm asking you to fight for God like you would that flag. When somebody's running Oakton down, do you go along with them? Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, that pastor, yeah, whew. Or do you say, that's not true? You got to come out and give it a try sometime. But when somebody tries to put something above God, are we big enough to step in there and say something? Because we do it when it comes to our flag. And I got lots of experience with that. When I worked at Freeman, I was responsible for that. And at the hospital there for years. And and I'll never forget when they put me in charge, I, I was called by the VFW, I don't know how many times, for rules that I was breaking. And they even called the president of the hospital one time and threatened to do a march on our hospital because of something I'd done. The flag. And I'm, not, I'm a big American as anybody. Love my, love my country. But if we gave God the same thing we did this country, we'd have to build churches every week. But anyway, we'll close with that. Uh, Pastor Embar's church isn't here today because we wanted to invite people out by, for the relaunch. We thought it'd be crazy to bring all the churches in here for a celebration. And why crowd it up? So they're worshiping at Carthage and they'll join us here tonight. But freedom comes from the ability to cultivate the right wants and living in obedience to God's will. I don't believe in coincidence and Gary Dunn put a word out as I was working on this Friday and uh, June 30th and this is something he believes the Lord told him but, but maybe it's for the church too that my son the saying is true you have a spirit a soul and you reside in a body the most significant part of your being is a spirit man that resides in you It is the most valuable of the three to be protected and nurtured and developed at all cost. And I'm thinking, as I'm reading this and I know the notes I have and the the stuff I've already been dealt with by the Lord and the Lord's dealing with Gary and he puts this out at the same time. The second of the three is what I have created in you for the ability to operate in the world setting that you find yourself engaged in. The last of the three is the least valuable of the three for it, for it is here today and will be gone tomorrow. Considered in the proper order of importance, they will work in harmony with perfection. Rearranging that order brings complete chaos and turmoil. Completely reversing the order brings death and destruction to the whole person. Recognizing the importance of, operation, of operating in the proper order requires persistent cultivation of the inherent demands of each part. Be willing to cultivate each part relative to their importance. My word and revelation will help you in the cultivations. Let's stand to our feet today.
I don't know where you're at in the Lord today. I can look around and guess, but really only you know. Have you received freedom today? If you haven't received freedom, I challenge you to come to these altars today and accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, because that's the ultimate freedom. And if you're like me, that you want to know how to live out that freedom and, and you just maybe need some help. Maybe there's some things in your life that you need God to work on and, and, and you just want to come and pray about that. And, and maybe the Holy Spirit's showing you something that you should be avoiding and yet you embraced it. And you're just saying, Lord, I didn't realize I was doing that. And I know that, that I'm your son or daughter and I am righteous in your eyes. But, but Lord, I do confess this sin, Lord. And I know that when I confess this sin, Father, you're faithful and just to deliver me of this sin. But, but not only deliver me, Lord, uh, it's permanent. So, Father, take this and continue in righteousness. I continue in righteousness with you. But let's embrace the fruit of the Spirit. Let's embrace the gifts of the Spirit. Man, we've all been gifted and called to do something for the kingdom. And that fruit resides in us. The Holy Spirit will help us and remind us and teach us all things. But I challenge you today to make a commitment that we'll serve God above all other things. If you're married, that your spouse would be second and your children would be third. And then I think the church is fourth and everything else after that's your business. But let's make a pledge today that we won't become dormant, that we won't become stale, that we will embrace our freedom and we'll give all that we have to God. These altars are open today and, and let's come and pray. It's your time.